my toilet is cycling the last flush. <laughs> there we go. We're clear. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ah, Did I Audit That? Season 1, Netflix's Floor is Lava, Season 1, Episode 8, The Basement, Level 2, a thorough and unofficial investigation into Netflix's Floor is Lava, Season 1. And the Hi, Basement! Michael. <laughs> I think that made sense if you listen back to it. I'm I mean, Michael it's Resnick. that you have to go through so much of this every time. I realized there was so much I was leaving out of it, and I got really excited to say this one. Oh, interesting. I will say um, that I think it just sounds like there are too many colons, and a title, much like the human body, should only have one. You want me to tell you how many colons I wrote down in this? Oh, my God. Uh, let me, hang on. Over under. Uh, I'm going to say six. There are eight. Eight. Damn it. I thought I was being generous. I'm Michael Resnick, and with me is my co-host and friend, Andrew Fernandez. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, Michael. Hi, everybody. Let's get into it. Floor is Lava is a game show where contestants compete to get to the end of an obstacle course without touching the ground. The game is hosted by Rutledge Wood. Would you like to hear two anagrams for Rutledge Wood and then guess what movie does this anagram remind me of... Uh, yeah, I think I do. What movie did this Rutledge Wood anagram remind me of? Wet Dodo Gruel. Hmm, Wet Dodo Gruel. I'm really pivoting off the third word. That's a big hint. I will gently slide that hint back across the table like a bid I won't accept and say up because there was like that dodo thing in it that's hilarious no i won't accept your hint because i'm stubbornly <laughs> gonna choose the first thing that got into my head um no it's not that but i do i do see why you went there um it's oliver oliver the musical movie that i remember growing up watching many times the second anagram is doodler we tug doodler we tug God, uh, doodler made me think of like a like a like a penis. Yeah, I, I I'm trying not to go blue, but I guess I'll say American Pie. You got it. What? Oh, nice. We, I don't yeah. think you've ever gotten one because this game. I is, haven't. Not <laughs> this a single game one. Is, oh my god. I uh that's satisfying. Great. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, cookies. Do I get more cookies? Yeah, yeah, sure. Great. I Hell still yeah. owe you. I still owe you one batch of cookies. I recently brought you cookies, but they were for your birthday. Uh, they were delicious, by the way. I still have a few left. There's a certain point where you should just stop eating them because there are too many of them. Well, for episode eight, we're back in the basement, and man, this was like nostalgia overload because this was the first episode was the basement, right? Yeah, I have to say. I really enjoyed watching this episode. And right now I'm going to declare I'm only going to say good things for the rest of the podcast. I don't know if that's possible. Ah, <laughs> Maybe that's... I'll try it. Um, but I enjoyed watching this episode. We're back in the basement. It felt like being back with old friends. It reminded me of our 
Veerzy triplets and uh, who else? I don't know. The Shadi and the Twins, the Pastors. Exactly, exactly. And uh, it was fun to see this course again. It's a difficult course, the Pyramid of Death. It's interesting that in episode seven, and uh, you can't tell me different, when I was talking, you went into a time machine, Michael, and we'll address (laughs) this after the recording, but you went back to episode one. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like the time machine ever brought you back now that we're back in the basement? Oh, fuck. You know, I hadn't thought about it, but now, now I don't know if I can fucking do the rest of this podcast. That's right, Michael. I got this. So we've got uh, a mother and her two two kids. Uh, names are Shotty and the Twins. We've got Talia and Bryce. What, what you, no, uh, no. Ta- <laughs> oh, my God. What a nightmare. What a nightmare. Wasn't it Bryce? I think it was Bryce. That sounds right. Okay, I'm going to quickly describe the basement. The only difference from the last time is there's no painting of a bridge that you use as a bridge. They took that out because it was unnecessary. Yeah. I'm going to speed through this. Cool? I mean, should we talk about... <laughs> oh, my God. How much the, should we talk about how much that painting matters? Because that was like an extra tool. It wasn't necessarily like something that they needed. Getting rid of the painting is just like, did they lose this in seven episodes? Oh, hang on a second. Somebody dropped the painting in the first episode. Oh, you think, oh, it, oh, it burned. Well, no, but it's at least like from a production standpoint, it might've been stained in some way. And that's why they couldn't use it for the second episode they shot that day, which was this, the level two. That might very well be true. And I do not want to spend another second on this. The location, the basement, level two. There is a wall of framed bugs to the right that you climb across. And uh, in the middle of the wall, there's a rope that you can pull and it drops a sarcophagus with a little alien that helps you get to the Easter Island heads, which are very difficult and awkward to traverse the three of them. And that basically leads you to what they call an arc. To be fair, they're not the Easter Island heads, just for (laughs) our listeners. A set of Easter Island heads. Um, then that gets you to an arc, which you can extend by sticking a staff into. The staff is on the other side of the room, and I'm gesturing like Bernie Sanders as I do this. Uh, <laughs> and um, once you extend the arc, you can jump to a cargo net that one of your teammates can uh, turn a wheel to move the cargo net closer to the exit. And then you still have to make a pretty tricky hop off the cargo wheel to the stairs to the exit. And the other direction, there's basically just a bunch of crates that lead to more crates and more crates in a shape of an elephant. In the middle of the room, a pyramid and an obelisk that you can knock down. Uh, that's enough of that. Yeah, and then the exit's a couple stairs and, uh, you know, doorway. Yeah, it seems like the only way out is to take a cargo net to the stairs, which is very difficult. I'm gonna, uh, give me a second, because I was gonna burp. Oh, God, I hope that was a sound effect. Jesus. Sorry about that. Oof. So this week, as I mentioned, we have two teams instead of three. Thank God. Let's get through this. Maybe in 60 minutes. Um, <laughs> they introduced- How are we going to get a 95-minute podcast out of 60-minute recording? <laughs> they in- Michael, that's silly. <laughs> they introduce us to both teams at once, like they do when they had the previous uh, two-team episode. They make it like it's a head-to-head thing. And uh, let's just talk about the first team first, the Battling Bros. 
We've got Jordan. We've got Nick. We've got Christian. That is uh, Rutger Hauer. Describe him again. They are two shorter guys and their older brother, Nick. <laughs> they say, like, these are two military brothers, which is Jordan and Christian, and they're super tall, six foot six older brother, Nick. Just his entire identity is his height. <laughs> it's insane because the one person that's not a soldier is the fucking super soldier <laughs> yeah. that took the serum. Oh. And he's just a massive... Br- he looks like... Okay, for those of you that haven't seen the show, uh, I'm sure you've seen Superman too. He looks like Nan. He looks... Like the big fucking villain. Not Zod, not Ursa, the other one. He's like Zangief in Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> he's a beast of a man. Um, he's a beast. And he's a youth pastor... Uh, for high school and kids and uh, seemed like a gentle giant. He did seem like a gentle giant. Yeah. Only nice things. But I have only is... nice things to say. <laughs> Nothing creepy. Clearly... Nothing creepy about this giant Zangief and <laughs> trying to preach the Lord to, to uh, high school students. And why is, uh, why is the super soldier not a soldier? And why is Christian not the minister? It's all backwards. That's like, that's like Jordan being called sleeves. <laughs> Michael, do you want to explain why? Yeah, because he's got uh, the sleeves of his shirt ripped off because he's got giant muscles. Right. I like this. Jordan says, if I'm going in the lava, I'm not getting messy. The lava's getting messy. And that was just fucking dirty and kind of funny. And I liked it. Yeah. Have you ever pooped in the pool, Michael? Not that I remember. Probably as a little kid. Yeah. I remember having to poop in the ocean once, but never as uh, never. I made it through in the pool. But yeah, in the ocean, that's a whole different I mean, that's it's like a, awful. That's like a hundred pools. <laughs> Nick says he's worried about losing and then going home to their mother and having her disown them. And they play this up a little bit during the run that they are very afraid of their mom. Um, when he says this also, Jordan stares off at the ground like it's serious. And he's picturing the fucked up shit his mom's done to him in the past. And I appreciated the acting and the commitment to this. And I'm going to give him points for it later. Interesting. Okay. I'm ready to get into their run. I might have skipped a bunch of stuff, but we've been talking forever. (laughs) We keep talking about getting started. (laughs) All right. They have a general enthusiasm when they enter. My feeling is they're trying very hard and having fun, but they're terrible actors. Like, they pretend like the lava's unexpected to them, which makes no sense. Like, they're like, whoa, lava? And I appreciate it all. All positive things. Bad acting. Uh, I don't know. I felt like the reactions were genuine to the lava. Uh, I, I liked when Nick had this Owen Wilson moment where he goes, wow. <laughs> that was funny. Yes. I'm going to honestly, for the first time, I don't know why I've, I've never done this, probably because it opens up a bag of worms, but I'm going to put his little wow into the podcast right here. Wow. Because I enjoyed it and it sounded, it sounded like Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> now, listeners, was that... Nick, or actually Owen Wilson. Please uh, let us know at awdidiaudithat at gmail.com, or you can call us on our hotline at... 909-667-1298. Okay, so at this point, they're ready to go. They're ready to start the course. Jordan makes his way to the wall, and he says, make sure I don't fall off, okay? What is this, Ray 10? (laughs) Yeah, he specifically says... Hey, yo, make sure I'm like, don't fall off or something, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jordan pulls the rope in the middle of the wall, brings down the alien sarcophagus. Jordan goes, I knew they built the pyramids. And you know what? I realized I missed this 
the fact that this is a total conspiracy theory element of the first course. Ooh. And I didn't realize that they planted this conspiracy theory thing earlier because then they do the flat earth in like a later episode. Interesting. It shows that this wasn't just an accident. This is maybe the perspective of the show. I think it's a little dangerous in 2020 One. to um to be putting that shit out there. Sure. Am I going to rant about it? No. Yeah, it's not the time. Yeah. He pulls down the cord and brings down the sarcophagus. Christian is about to take off across the crates. Nick says, this was funny. Nick says, I'll spot you. Christian laughs and says, oh, you'll spot me? Oh, you'll spot and me. Then, oh, and then does you'll a ninja. spot me? <laughs> and then he does like a ninja double jump onto two crates and very impressively like, check this shit out. Yeah, I was under the assumption that Nick would height well and be the one that like really takes on this course and, and, and crushes it. Uh, but Christian, buddy, Navy versus the, the Marine, you're going to be the winner? Maybe. Was that a haiku? <laughs> um, he, I totally forgot what branches of the military. Jordan was in. Marine Reserves and uh, Christian was in the Navy. Jordan is still in the middle of the wall. He bypasses the mummy, which no one's ever done, and just stretches out and uh, hops from the wall to the first Easter Island head. It, it was weird and unnecessary, but I liked it. It was different. Uh, interesting use of stretching on this course this time. Between yeah, lots this of stretching. And, and the next, and the next uh, team. Yeah, all, all brought me back to Dave from the last episode, I believe, mm. um, the baseball player. When Jordan gets on the head, he gets a bit aggressive and he's like, I'm on your head. What's up? It wasn't, you know what? He's just riding that wave of adrenaline. Only nice things. Only nice things. Nick, in like support of his brother, uh, goes, that's a yeet, man. I might, might very well be out of touch. Uh, that's We're out of touch because my student and like YouTube creators who play video games use yeet a lot. Right. But even even though I'm out of touch and have never, I like jumped having ever used that, I still feel like it. it's like old, right? Isn't it like old slang? I don't hear it a lot, but I hear it the only, because I play this one mobile game that a lot of kids play, <laughs> Clash Royale. Hey, yeah. if you want to join my clan, auditiaudit that at gmail.com. We'll see what's your tower level. How good are you? But um, <laughs> I, I still occasionally, it may be out of fashion because I just hear it occasionally um, on these YouTubers channels when they pull a crazy move or I don't even, I still don't totally understand what it means when you kind of go for it and make something happen. And it's like, uh, you, it's like a big move, it's like a big move, a big kill. Like you got, you kind of snatch something. I see it a lot of, sometimes I see it in like the position where when I was a kid and obsessed with the Simpsons, I would say yoink. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But it seems to have a kind of broad meaning. Can we ask Google what the official yeah. meaning is? A person who extorts profit from her sponges on others. No, that's a leech. My bad. A cereal plant that is the most important kind grown in temperate countries. No. I'm not done. The grain of which is ground to make flour for bread, pasta, pastry, etc. Google, that's wheat. That's on me. A main accent or rhythmic unit in music or poetry. No, Google, that's beat. My fault again. Completely exhausted. No, Google, that's the other beat. That was a mistake that was mine. A rectangular piece of cloth used either singly or in a pair. No, Google, that's bedsheet. I take personal responsibility for that instance. 
που σχετίζονται με την Ελλάδα, τους ανθρώπους της ή τη γλώσσα τους. No, Google, that's Greek to me. I want to say I was kidding that time, but I was not. The lower extremity of the leg below the ankle on which a person stands or walks. No, Google, that's feet. I'm broken. Okay, back to this fucking game show. Christian now makes an awkward jump from crate to crate. There's this big, like, six-foot jump or something. Nick counts him down. I didn't ever realize people are so into counting each other down. Um, mm, mm. Lava explodes. Just good job on the producers. Lava explodes right under his foot when he lands, and it's a fun... You know, let's just get back to the basics. It's a fun Ow My Balls fall. That's what this show's really about at its core. We've kind of gotten away from it. Yeah. Nick follows behind, does the same big crate jump. Christian says, don't be afraid to land like an idiot. And I kind of like this. It was like very self-aware. I think he was commenting on how he was obviously commenting on how he landed like an idiot. And he was kind of shrugging it off, but in a little jokey way. And I thought it was all right. I liked it. I also think that it spoke to Nick being a bit of a gentle giant and maybe a little bit more mousy than the others. Uh, he might not take the risks that his brothers do. You know, I just picture a green room conversation backstage of Jordan Christian being like, you don't need to have stage fright. This is just like a fun thing that we're doing. It's just the floor is lava. (laughs) And he doesn't want to be made a fool. And he's like, okay, okay. And then he gets talked into it. And this is just Christian calling back to that conversation being like, hey, buddy, like, we're just here to have a good time. Don't be afraid to fall like an idiot. You can't tell if you're being nice or really patronizing, <laughs> really treating uh, treating this six foot six guy like he is Lenny from Of Mice and Men when he may actually have a, a 200 IQ. Yeah, you know what, Michael? It's hard to tell these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then I'll just move on. Um, <laughs> speaking of, Nick then does do a kind of awkward jump and he's six six. He should have been able to just step from crate to crate. Not hiding well. Not hiding well. Yeah. Jordan is awkwardly standing on the second Easter Island head, which anybody who gets on there is always, you know, trying to find their footing, figuring out how they're going to propel themselves from that to the next Easter Island head. He finally thinks he's in a good position. He jumps, awkwardly lands. They, you know, they're all excited. He made the jump, the difficult jump. And then out of nowhere, as he's just stepping off of it to a small crate, he just fucking slips and falls in the lava. Out of absolutely nowhere, because he's he made these otherwise impressive yeats. <laughs> I, I wanna I like don't really want to talk shit because even this though this guy was like a little aggressive energy, you know what? He was there to play. He didn't really do anything that that pissed me off. Oh, not at all. And I also think that he he I think ha- because he had done these impressive things that that's why his confidence was like, oh, well, it's just a crate. I can just make it. It's a small step. I can just do this. And then he missed it. And I do think that his death was he didn't ham it up in any way. It was just like a genuine like, oh, shit. I think he did a lot with his eyes. He looked kind of terrified, I thought, as he was falling in. But it felt candid. It didn't feel directed. I think so. I think so. Um, but And I think his brother's bad reactions. We only see Nick and he yells, my brother, but he's got a wry smile when he does it. And he knew he had to, but he cannot commit to it. 
Yeah, I felt like they're, again, I think that their reactions here were good. (laughs) Never in a million years, if you saw that reaction, would you think that was the reaction of somebody seeing his breath? There's no smirk. I, maybe you do you appreciate the wryness, the smirk, because there was a smirk, and you don't smirk when your brother dies in lava. They weren't faking the gravity of the lava, but I did appreciate just the honest, like they weren't projecting in another direction either. We're not even ranking them right now. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, Fine. Nick wants to hop to the pyramid, which everyone should avoid if you know better i'm not sure how you you got to look not a lot of people look ahead on these courses they make decisions based on what's right in front of them and don't seem to see like where it leads to next right and they all know that they have wet feet like they're not going to have traction on these tiny steps but nick jumps on it he's holding on for dear life very awkwardly makes the pyramid look very small oh my god he is a giant (laughs) compared to talia talia was like like on a, just a, a, on an empty plane yeah. uh, than this King Kong motherfucker. <laughs> so he decides to knock over the obelisk from the pyramid and he does it so easily by just like karate chopping out his leg. And that, yeah. that was the sign of his, of his uh, giganticness. Christian has made it to the set of crates that's on the back wall. He grabs the staff. He, makes a real pathetic toss to Nick and it falls in the mm. lava, but wildly it lands on one of the little floating pieces of debris and Rutledge Wood says they can still use it. Very lucky move. Just like one of those, like, did we get that on camera? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could have easily gone very south. It's not these these lava crusts aren't flat. These aren't like you throw it on a table. They, these are like bumpy, rounded and and teeter, they teeter a lot. Yeah, it seemed like nothing but decoration, and now it actually had an influence on the game of play. Crazy. So Christian manages to go down, pick the staff back up, hands it to Nick, yeets himself from the obelisk to the Ark. Very impressive jump. Good brotherly teamwork. They're working together. They're talking. Yeah. Nick now hands Christian the staff back and says, do the thing, do the thing. I don't like this. Christian was on the pyramid. He didn't even know there was a hole in the arc. This just broke the fourth wall. It just screams like the producers told us to do this. I've talked about this before. I hate it. Bad acting. Minus points. For him to say do the thing? Yeah. I, I hate how they know that you're supposed to stick the staff in this hole on the arc to extend it. There's no... Christian wasn't even at that part of the course. Sure. They extend the arc. Nick can't figure out how to get off the pyramid. No shit. He tries to throw himself onto the obelisk, but slips and just eats shit. This happens to every person that ends up on it. Kind of ow my balls. Just like had to put his arms up just before his face was going to slam into it. Um, Better reaction from Christian than the earlier death. He goes, Nicholas, my last brother. I'm sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I liked it. Still with a smirk, to be fair. It was not good acting, but really, he gave, he tried, he went for more. And that's all I could ask for. Sure. So Christian is now alone. Seems impossible to score a point on this course if you're alone because you need somebody to wheel the cargo net. I guess you can jump and use all your momentum to swing from the net uh, to the stairs. That's what Christian tries to do. But instead of jumping off on that first 
It's kind of swing with his momentum. Yeah, you got to go in the first swing. You have to go in the first swing. One or none. One or none, right? And <laughs> I'm trying to make that a thing. Uh, <laughs> but, but he swings back. He, he, he ends up coming to a stop, basically. Can't hold on. Falls in. Three down. No points. No points. In a head-to-head. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, this, is, this course is hard. It looks very, very hard. So here's the thing, too. The tone between episode seven and now this episode eight on our show radically pissed off at the best Bostonians on my side. And now it's like we're on the other side of the election. I'm like, well, they did their best. Like, total likable guys. There's no internal rage that I'm turning on to like another team. Biden won. Coronavirus is gone. And fucking we're in a good mood. Yeah. Was there a post show? They have any post? post oh wait, course, I got. Race? I gotta say, this is the second time they make the same joke. They say Christian soldiered on, and mm. the last time they had a character named Christian, they made a nearly identical joke. Sure. Is this the first time that we've had a double name too? Oh, Carl. Carl. We have two Carls, and we have a Carl. Both with a K. Uh, I don't know. Love to get that triple K before the season's out. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, let's rank this team. We didn't rank the teams yet? Teams. We're on the first one. We haven't ranked one team yet? <laughs> He's gone. He just roadrunnered off. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> I will say, before we get too far into the ranking, that I think their favorite Rutger Hauer movie is Bone Daddy. Great names to these record really, Some movies. really good ones out there. Um, I don't know why. What was last week's? Omega. Omega Doom. Yeah, the Triforce Heroes favorite. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, side note, I spent too much time making a spreadsheet as a reference, which I'll share with you, of all of the movies and actors that we've gone through so they didn't double up. Good. Glad you're spending your quarantine time usefully. <laughs> yep. The Rucker Hour movies. I cannot believe you're not out of Rucker Hour oh, movies. Nowhere near. Maybe it's because we're only on episode eight. Yeah. It's because we're only on episode eight, but it feels like 108. <laughs> I watched the trailer. It looks pretty good. I hadn't seen it. Like a dumb, like uh, 80s, 90s uh, suspense thriller thing. He's like a, not an undertaker, but whatever. It looks, it looks interesting. All right. What are we giving this team the battling bros? The battling bros. In acting. Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to give him a six. So I thought there was generally bad acting. I commented on it a lot as they went through the course. A lot of having fun out there, but not great acting. And I didn't appreciate the whole breaking the fourth wall with the staff and how it works. I'm going to give them a Four. You're right. Four. You know who I think <laughs> who would be very good at acting this course is the one and only Danny Glover. Ooh. I think the, the man's got range. He has a shitload of credits, uh, a lot of which I haven't seen. But, you know, <laughs> we know him from the Lethal Weapon series. Great. Deeper cut, uh, color purple, 
even deeper cut, last black man in San Francisco, even deeper cut, sorry to bother you. Uh, the man's awesome. And I think that he would really sell the weight of uh, the floor being lava. Even <laughs> like... You got there. And I don't think that there's really any difference in his ability to do so from the top of his career when he's whatever inmate in Escape from Alcatraz to uh, his most recent ones. Like, uh, what's the one that you, what's the movie you recommended to me that you mentioned a minute ago that was so good that he was in more recently? Sorry to bother you. Yeah. God damn. More people need to watch that. It's so good. I was just talking to a friend about it yesterday, actually. I've been recommending it to people left and right. It's fun and weird and awesome. And I never tell them that. I just told them I saw this movie on my own in theaters. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Did you rank Danny Glover? Not yet, but I was talking to Danny Cummings, my buddy, Daniel Cummings. (laughs) You love bringing up one friend an episode. (laughs) He, uh, oh no, what was it? I was listening, I was listening to an old voicemail from Danny Cummings, uh, Daniel Cummings. And he said, you son of a, because I ignored his phone call. He goes, wonderful woman. And I'm like, oh, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. Very nice. Yeah. But the point what being What the fuck are you giving Danny Glover? The point being is that he is as good at acting this course from, you know, Escape from Alcatraz days to The Drummer coming out in 2020, more serious role. I'm going to give him an nine. I'm going to give him a nine for acting. God, the suspense. Yeah, well... Uh, let's move to teamwork. It's like uh, it's like I'm in Bone Daddy. <laughs> let's move to t- a movie that I don't know anything about. <laughs> let's move to teamwork. These were bros. It showed. They were communicating. They were supporting each other. I think it, when looking at teamwork, and this is something that the show has established for us without us uh, generating it ourselves, you have to look at the weight of the cuck. And I think in looking at Basement Level 1, Shoddy and the Twins, you know, it's debatable Why? who who is the cuck. But because it's this lesser person. Why are we doing this? It's the lesser person that, and their weight in the team, right? What is that? Okay, so how does this affect the battle in so bros? So I'm looking at the battle in bros, Jordan, Nick, and Christian. Nick, despite his size, is the cuck of the team. But but they made use of the cuck. And I think that that, that is where they okay. score points in teamwork. Because you're only as strong as your weakest link. You're only as strong as your weakest cuck. Nick is the cuck. They made use of it. Teamwork, I'm going to give them a seven. They did so badly on the course, I can't give them a 10 or a nine. And they didn't really like blow me away with teamwork. Sure. But at the same time, I can't point to any instance of them working against each other, really. So I'm going to give them an eight. Oh, Okay. Uh, Danny Glover for teamwork. I mean, we know how good of a team he can be from Lethal Weapon 2. Yep, exactly. I'm going to give Danny Glover (laughs) an 11 for teamwork. Yes. (laughs) Uh, For, oh boy, for that smarts. Interesting. Not the worst, but going on to the pyramid is not smart, and you definitely can't get the highest score if you go anywhere near the py- pyramid. 
trying to toss the staff was not smart. I got very lucky that it landed on the debris. But nothing critically stupid. No truly poor judgment, I thought, at any point. I'm going to give him a seven. I think I have to knock him down to a five for me. I think that Jordan's confidence going from Easter Island to that crate, it was it was kind of stupid. A little cocky. I guess I guess that goes for smarts because we refuse to make any more categories. <laughs> Why I'm going to go down to six is because he it wasn't just a single incident when he died. He also did the cocky hop to the Easter Island statue instead of taking the safer, easy route on the mummy. I'm going to go down to a six. Not that as that is not smart. I felt like that was I thought that was fine. If it was something that he can do. Oh, meet me at a six? Meet me at a six? <laughs> I thought that was fine. I just think if it's something you can do, you don't have to use all your resources to do it. Oh, Mr. Hindsight. What's that famous killer song? <laughs> Mr. Hindsight. Yeah, I'm Mr. Hindsight. What's the Jesus song? They always have one song per album that is the hit that sounds just like the hits on the other album, and they're great. Yeah, the Jesus song. It look a lot like Jesus. Oh, yeah. When we were young. Yeah. Did I tell you about the $10 bet that I won from Ronnie Venucci? No. Tell me. I was working security at Sundance, and the like PR guy was hanging out with Ronnie Venucci, the drummer from The Killers, that night. I saw the PR guy. I was just like you know, saying hello and uh, asked what he was up to. He said, Ronnie, he was just waiting for Ronnie to come out of the bathroom. I'm like, oh my God, I love the killers. Can I meet him? And uh, he goes, sure. So I meet him. And then uh, Ronnie's like, yeah, I'm just looking for a ride. I'm just going to get a cab back to my place or whatever. I said, oh, cool. I walkie my boss, who was my friend, sent him to a different walkie channel. I'm like, hey, can I leave early and give Ronnie Vinci a ride home in my Camry? And he said, sure. Fast forward to me racing, pulling my Camry around through Park City traffic during Sundance. Ronnie and the PR guy hop in, Ronnie's shotgun, and this is 2008, and uh, we're driving back to his place, and we're talking about Heath Ledger, who had just passed. And uh, he's like, yeah, Dark Knight is supposed to be really good. And I'm like, yeah, I've been a fan of Christian Bale since he was in Newsies. He goes, I love Newsies. Uh, Christian Bale, Jodie Foster. I'm like, Ronnie, Jodie Foster was not in Newsies. And he's like, yes, she was. I'm like, no, she for sure wasn't. He goes, all right, how much? I'm like, 10 bucks. And so we shake on it. I'm like, when will I ever collect this from you? He's like, I'll be back uh, at Harrio's where I was working on Thursday. So I go, great. I bet you your drumming ability. (laughs) Yeah, just take his fucking soul. Uh, So I go back. I'm looking for him on Thursday. And it's weird that like every place I'm directed to from other security, go to the mezzanine, go to the front row, go this and that. I just miss him to the point where I go back to the green room and the guy's like, oh, he just grabbed his bag and left. I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Steve. No, they canceled the show. The drummer took <laughs> off in a private plane. Yeah. yeah. And he, so they, so I'm like, that's crazy. I think that the PR guy tipped him off. So the next day I see the PR guy and I'm like, Hey man, did you tip off Ronnie? He's like, honestly, yes. <laughs> and he's like, but I feel bad about it. You're working this like kind of crappy job. He's here tonight. Go to this part of the club and you can find him. I go there. Ronnie's there. I see he sees me at the edge of the party and he goes, all right, what's your source? I go, IMDb. 
And he goes, all right, that's fair. And then he, he gave me the $10 bill. He gave me a $10 so bill. So stupid. Yeah, he gave me a $10 bill. And I asked, you know, someone with a cell phone there to take a picture of like him presenting it to me. Like it was uh, something important. Uh, and then I, that was that's like, great. that was like my lucky $10 bill for a while. And then fast forward about two years. That's the only cash I have in my pocket, but I have it in like a secret, secret part of my wallet. Uh, I'm in line for Conan uh, with a couple of my friends, one who, Kat Radley, who is now a writer for uh, The Daily Show. We're talking about Dean Winters being in Law & Order SVU. I was convinced he never was. She was convinced that he was. Oh, uh, this is great. We bet the $10 and then we look it up. And he was at the time, I think he came back for more episodes later, but at the time he'd only been in like a few episodes in like the second season. Uh, so she's like, all right, well, pay up. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, gah, I, I'm like, I do have $10 on me, but I don't want to give it to you. And she's like, just give me the $10. I'm like, it's my lucky $10. She's like, we just give me the $10. Like you made a bet, make good. I'm like, all right, fine. So I'm like, well, uh, and then one of the other people in our group, said cat now you have to lose that to someone else and she's like no i'm just gonna grab some chick-fil-a on the way home <laughs> and she did and what are you giving danny glover for that smart 13 good <laughs> for are they having fun out there i think these boys were having fun i agree um their clothes were fun yeah, uh, they were really going for it, even though I don't think the acting was there. They were going for the reactions, and um, I didn't see anything that was not fun about the experience they were having. Uh, I'm going to give them a nine. I think my assumption of the bro type, which we've seen several times now in Flores Lava, is like they're going to be too cool for this. Um, these guys disappointed on that front. They weren't too cool for this, and I was impressed. <laughs> yeah so yeah there was some self-awareness yeah uh but it, they weren't like flexing in any way outside of the opening shot where they're flexing uh physically flexing physically flexing i'm gonna give them a nine as well or are they having fun out there danny glover danny glover it's kind of good at playing and not having fun out there i agree <laughs> but i think he would uh especially yeah. that sorry to bother you scene i think it's so funny uh i'm gonna give him an 11 out of 15 Krakatoes. For style, um, I kind of enjoyed it. It was a matching but hodgepodgey a little bit. I, I never like a three-quarters shirt, but maybe it's the only shirt that fits a six-foot-six giant. Oh, sure. I'm going to give them an eight. There was room for improvement, but I liked it. The Hawaiian shirt with the rip-off sleeves was working. It felt authentic. Yeah. I think, did I say eight? You said eight, eight. yeah. I might also agree with you there. It felt like a pickup game of basketball, some Saturday morning attire, but oddly felt uh, deliberate and it didn't contrast with the other players at all. Appropriate with a dash of fun. Sure. Minus the sleeves. And they, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Danny Glover style. Danny Glover style, always classic gentleman doesn't read too much towards the wealth i'm sure he has he always seems familiar and like someone that like i could be friends with in my neighborhood you know what i mean like a family friend uh i'm gonna yeah. give him a i picture him comfortable comfortable for sure wearing a suit which isn't always so comfortable but 
Uh, I'm going to give him a 12 for style. <laughs> yeah, somehow. All right, 12. For height. Um, so they have a giant on their team, but somehow he didn't do anything with his height. He made the crate jump not look easy. He did look big on the pyramid, but but he couldn't use his height to get off of it. He used his height to karate chop an obelisk, but that's about it. Whoever was left at the end couldn't swing from the net to the stair. I, I don't know. I give him a four. Uh, a lot of missed opportunities. And I feel like Nick on the pyramid, out of context, him moving around, it probably looked like he owned the pyramid. Like he was just like, re- he wrestled this pyramid to the ground. <laughs> yes. But I don't think that he actually, like in still images, he would look great. I think in action, in context, I think he dropped the ball. I'm going to give them a four for height. You know what? I might I, I might change that, actually, because I do think the smaller guys hided well by comparison. What do you think the reality is with them? Six feet? Five, ten? I think they're probably like six feet. Uh, so I'll give them a five. I'll give them a five. Danny Glover. Mm. What's the real height of Danny Glover? What do you think? I feel like he's taller than I would think he... Uh, uh, I'm going to say six feet. Your first instinct was right, because he's 6'4". No fucking way. Danny Glover is 6'4"? Yeah. The big dude. 6'4 is when you're officially... Cause I'm 6'2". 6'3 is when I'm starting to be like, whoa, you're tall. And then 6'4 is officially like... Danny tall, Glover is 6'4"? Yeah. God, I guess, I guess Maybe that Maybe he doesn't height well then. Well, I, here's the thing. I, I always read Mel Gibson as a short man. So that being his most familiar work... Uh, the work I'm most familiar with Danny Glover, I just assumed that Danny Glover was normal and Mel Gibson was like 5'7". Mel Gibson, 4'10". Oh, wow. <laughs> Danny Glover gets an 11 for height. Because right. he, yeah. he doesn't only have to play 6'4 people. You know what I mean? Even in Sorry to Bother You, he was sitting sitting down for the majority of it, right? I believe so. Loved him Mia. in Wes Anderson stuff. Royal Tenenbaums? Oh. God, he's so... I forgot he was yeah. in that. He is so good in that. Mia eyes. Best eyes. Mia eyes. Kind of indifferent. I'm going to give him six. I think I'm going to play by your rules. Each get two. You know, Christians were interesting. I might bump him up to seven. Yeah, I'm going to go seven as well. These were... Um, I mean, they, I feel like these were like a good looking group of brothers and I I was checking in on their eyes when there were some close ups and there was sparkle. There was some jazz and I will give them a seven. Yeah, I'm taking it to an eight. OK, I think that the most of what we got out of Christian's reactions to the two deaths was his eyes. Mm. Did you say seven or did you stick with your six? I'm going to stick with a seven. <laughs> Danny Glover. Great eyes, nine. Yeah, I just looked at his eyes online. Very nice. Right? You said nine? Nine out of 12 crack toes, yeah. Okay. Lowest score for name. We got Nick, Christian, and Jordan? Yeah. Eh, five. What's bumping it up for me is I think when they said Nicholas, it was spelled N-I-K-O-L-A-S. And for the 
cool Russian, I don't, none of this checks out, for that kind of Russian spelling <laughs> of Nicholas, I'm going to give him a six, because otherwise those are some very standard boring names. Had they, nah, a five, five, five. Had, they taken, had he taken the C out of his abbreviated name, then I would have bumped it up. But I also, I can't, you know, uh, I'll get into this in the next team, but I can't always trust the captions. All right, one last category. Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. Oh, right. The I don't know what. The I don't know what about this team. Uh, Danny Glover on a name. Oh, yeah. Gets an 11, baby. Thank you. <laughs> now to je ne sais quoi. I'm going kind of high with the I don't know what with this team. The mix of six foot six older brother uh, two beefcake military younger brothers youth pastor. I'm going to give him an eight. Okay. I want to know more. Yo, the mom, I do. the mom is what's I think selling the shit. Yeah. I want to know. That's I a good point. To get a glimpse into that family. I'll do a nine. The, eh, I'll do an eight. I'll do an eight. Danny Glover. Right. Fucking 13. Of course. That's going to do it for the Batlin bros. The Batlin bros. <laughs> this is just a head to head match this, uh, this week. So don't worry, folks. This is basically halfway done. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will tackle the retail... Coworkers? <laughs> See you in a second. Transitional outro. Michael, do you have any word from our sponsors this week? This episode is brought to you by Microphones. Microphones. We hear you. Transitional, Transitional intro. intro. <laughs> The retail coworkers. We retail have coworkers. We have Carl, Anna, and A R I N E. How do you pronounce that, Google? Arian. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, All we'll right. just call you Ari. <laughs> yeah, let's call you Ari. Let's. Uh, hey, Rucker. Uh, never mentioned her name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the show. The show made the same decision we just made. <laughs> I will say retail coworkers is a team name on a show where we've had the siblings or the mama's boys, the least intimidating yeah. name for and, at all. And it seemed ever. like it was by design, maybe, because, sense? yes, <laughs> I feel like they were selling this team short in the production uh, when they first cut to them. Rutledge Wood kind of like laughingly says the retail coworkers, they'll be speedy at bringing you up or like some, you know, yeah, kind of selling, condescending kind of trying to put them down. And I think it yeah. was, you know, I don't know to build tension or something. Rutger Hauer with the job shaming. Uh, did we go through the other names by the way, or do we just go through Ari? Oh no, I mentioned them. Carl and Anna. Yeah. So they show a picture of Ari and Anna, the two girls, uh, shouldered up. And then to the left of them in this posing for this picture is Carl with the dog. Rucker says two of them are dating and the third's their boss. Now, breaking down this picture, <laughs> I assumed that watch looking at this to the where dog's the two the girls boss. on the left, <laughs> the two girls on the left and the guy on the right, they're saying that like the two girls are dating. I'm like, hell yeah, great for Flores Lava to have representation. And then the third person, the guy is the boss. 
I absolutely also thought the two girls were dating based on the picture and just how the, the, the way they presented was. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they also have, he has some mention about who the, who the dog is. So I'm like, clearly you are captioning what we are seeing. I, anyways, I feel like they could have picked a different picture or reworded that. Cause then we're like kind of floundering after that to where we start talking about how Carl was, you know, pursuing Ari in college. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to end with, but she was a lesbian, so it was all for naught. No. Yeah. It was so weird. It was they 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 walked backwards into this relationship. I honestly went through the same exact thought process with all of that. Um, but then the other half of this interview is super creepy town. They talk about how Carl basically stalked Ari, and that's how they ended up together. And they all agree on this. Anna says in regards to the stalking that he literally that Carl literally rolled by her on Heelys, those shoes with wheels, and that's how he picked her up. And I don't know why somebody needs... We have any animators out there. Please animate this little scene of him rolling by on Heelys and literally lifting her off the ground. <laughs> that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> and if you do animate this, which I'm sure one of you will, uh, please send a link to that uh, uh, final version to audit at gmail.com. She Healy shamed him. She Healy shamed him. And not Ted Healy, famously the creator of the Three Stooges. We know who Ted Healy was, Michael. Google, what do you have to say about this? What else do we need to know about Ted Healy? Ted Healy created the Three Stooges, but he really wishes he created shoes with wheels. <laughs> so they obviously all work together in retail. Carl says they were both his bosses at some point. But then he says Ari is his boss every day, which I give the unexpected kink award for the show. <laughs> Just like a little BDSM out of nowhere. Sure, sure. He Carl's a little bit of a little bit of a ducky cock <laughs> for your pretty and pink fans. Yeah, but he's also a strategizer and is kind of controlling things a lot on the course. So I think he likes it both ways. You know, a little bondage, little domination, little submission. Sure. Anna says she's the mom of the group. There's a weird dynamic with this group that I feel like as an audience, I just walked it up to a circle of friends and they're like, not being rude to me by any means, but they're like, yeah, this is kind of how we are. This is what we do. <laughs> it felt genuine and I wasn't expecting that from a team name that's so, like, basic. Yeah. They enter the course. They look a bit, I wrote down, trepidatious. I don't know why I'd write such a big word in my notes. Oh, probably because you just looked it up. Cold. So they send Carl across the bug wall. They just seem to make this Great decision. Great to lava, I would say, also. Oh, yes. They were in it. They chanted lava with Rutledge Wood, which I don't like mentioning anymore. They send Carl across the bug wall. Uh, Ari basically says, wait, so we're just going to hang out and wait and see what's up? And they're like, yeah. So they just sit tight, uh, which was done in just a very kind of funny, matter-of-fact way. Yeah. Carl heads across the bug wall, and he's doing well. He did make one joke that I thought was really funny, uh, pointing to a random insect and goes, that has more than two legs. I put that on my list for worst lines. <laughs> I, I thought it was a great joke because that goes for all insects. And I think that was a bit. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. I don't, I think he was, it, I think it was one of those, like, gotta say something. They told us to talk. Uh, 
Even even if that's the case, I was I was on board for it. I liked it. All right. Carl pulls the rope that's in the middle of the wall, brings down the mummy. It splashes the water and it kind of like slightly hits the girls. Anna, continuing with her like reactions, just makes a giant. Ew, uh, ew, oh, look at that little dude. And it was just, I don't know why she's really intense reactions. That might have sounded like it wasn't amusing, but for some reason, Anna is really amusing with this stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, Anna and Ari are both doing this ooh thing throughout this whole race. Yeah. And for me, hearing it early on, I was a little put off by it to where it's like they're leaning into like the girly stereotype thing, that bullshit. I just thought it was genuine, but I do hear what you're saying. But, but yeah, I, whether, you know, whether or not it was genuine, it was annoying to me because that is something that falls in the girly stereotype. Uh, so I'm like, OK, now I'm starting to write them off a little bit to where Anna and Ari are just having Carl do the work and they're not in it They're This is just like this is this is his thing to win for which they'll take credit. Yeah. At this point, it is unclear what to make of the girls. They really haven't done much, but they are going to start moving right now. The girls ask if they should follow Carl across the wall. Carl, without looking forward at all and kind of seeing where this goes, says, yeah, come this way. It's easy. They did not put a lot of thought into this, and it's a big decision to all three go the same direction. And I suddenly am a little worried. A little worried. He is a strategist. He is a uh, great leader. Oh, okay. I think so. A little bit of a different take. A little bit of a different take. The girls finally get off the wall. Carl's on the Easter Island head. They're kind of all together right now. And Carl climbs onto the second island. Easter Island head. This is where you have a very difficult jump. And it's kind of is making all of them nervous. They, the girls, at least Anna, I feel like she starts doubting whether Carl can do this. Yeah. And once he gets up there, his whole race up to this point has been slow, deliberate, but conscious of the time. He makes it onto the second Easter Island head, the one that's upright. This is where, this is the, where Jordan and the first team jumped on and fell off. So we already know that there's imminent danger ahead. How is Carl going to handle this? He hops like a fucking grasshopper, like 20 feet in the air and sticks the landing so hard. It was one of the most impressive jumps I've ever seen. Anna, Anna looks like she went from not respecting her friend's boyfriend to wanting to fuck him so bad yeah, keep it in your pants, Anna. And I think that's what everyone was thinking about watching this. Keep it in your pants, Anna. <laughs> and she makes a great facial reaction and goes, Oh my God, you little spider monkey. <laughs> the girls now, however, realize they do not want to replicate that. I personally think this was very avoidable. They, they should have seen this difficult path um, before they took off across the wall. But they turn around. Time to go the other direction across the crates. Well, I think part of that is because at that time, they didn't respect Carl. So when Carl did this thing easily, they're like, oh, then we can for sure do it if Carl can. And then when Carl starts showing his worth, then they're like, oh, shit, maybe we're maybe we've underestimated this guy from the beginning. What time did I lose having him stalk me in college versus spending the time with what could be the love of my life? Yeah. <laughs> so you think his girlfriend also had no confidence going into the day? There's a lot of character development going on here, and I'm and I'm here for it as kids like to eat. <laughs> um, so 
the girls are back at the beginning. They're now going on the crate. Carl's supporting from afar. When he realizes Anna seems a bit nervous to make this kind of big crate hop, I feel like this was good psychology. He gets Ari to go first. And I think that then gives Anna the confidence to make the hop. And both of them looked better than the giant on the first team. It was impressive teamwork, strategy, psychology. It's impressive. I'm liking this run. Carl is on the arc. Anna suggests that he get to the pyramid to push over the obelisk. And I'm like, oh my God, no. Do not go to the pyramid when you don't need to. This seems like a terrible idea. Especially when he's the strongest player at this point. Yes, very, very terrifying. But Carl, I thought he was just going with it to be nice and pleasant. But this works. He stretches a leg from the arc to the pyramid then like leans over and pushes the obelisk over and then just like swings his body weight backwards and goes back to the arc. He, he manages to do, do this all without ever actually ending up on the pyramid. And it was fucking mind blowing. It was incredible. It was incredible. And I think that I almost want to take back points to the Battle and Bros for Nick's height uh, being able to reach the obelisk. Carl is five foot nothing, and he was able to do this hiding very well. From the arc. From the arc. Yeah. Which is insane. You want to drop your five? No, it's fine. I'll keep the five. Uh, oh, you're all fucking talk. <laughs> I am all talk. No, I'll just give rank them better than I would have. And when Carl pulls this, this off, like immediately before Anna, again, to her fault, writing off Carl and she goes, okay, Mr. Cool, thinking that he's going to be completely unable to be as impressive as he actually is. And then when mm. he pushes it over, she goes, ooh, Carl, what's up? Yes. Careful, Anna, come on. Ari's right there. I mean, I hope they all, I hope they just all fuck after. <laughs> I mean, just on 10,000 ones. <laughs> <laughs> and a lava lamp up their butts. And a lava lamp. Yeah, but Anna's clearly dealing with feelings, as we like to say. You know what I mean? Yes. All right, the obelisk is down. Anna and Ari are heading across the crates around the wall towards where the staff is. Anna, again, is just bringing really funny facial reactions to me. When she makes one of the jumps, lava pops up and a little gets in her mouth. And she just does a this kind of, I guess it's like a stereotypical, like, valley girl retching thing. But somehow she pulls it off. She has, like... She performs it well, this little like, ah, gag. <laughs> and fucking, na- I don't know how she nails it. I, that should not be entertaining, but it was great. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much acting that was. I, I feel like that she just really doesn't like this, you know, what's probably in reality Kool-Aid. Uh, she gets on yeah. the big crate and then she has to get onto a bigger crate. Ari's already up there. She says, do you want a hand? Uh, Anna goes, I'm kind of short. I can't reach. Ugh. I didn't. I don't remember that. <laughs> what are we on here, guys? What is this? Do, do I need to get Jamie Foxx on the line? Is that what needs to happen? Is this Ray 11? God, you did not have your heart in that one. <laughs> what is this, Ray 11? Carl says he sees a hole in the arc, and it looks like the staff fits. This is what I'm talking about. Pretend, at least, that you don't know. Let us go on the journey with you. The girls grab the staff. Carl's strategizing, helping them navigate, you know, hand the staff to her. You step there. They're crushing it. They're using their skill. It never looks like they're going to fall. They get on the obelisk and they all end up on the arc together. I don't know. I'm just going to jump to there. 
They extend the arc. All they need is one point. This whole time, Anna has waited for Carl to do something first, for Ari to do something first. For the first time in the show, she decides to do something first, which I think speaks to her just wanting to get the fuck out of there. She's done. <laughs> uh, not to do something for the team. <laughs> she tried to fucking yeet. She tried to eat and she couldn't eat. Uh, Carl goes to the wheel to to crank the wheel so that he can send Anna on the crate across. Uh, he's not quite tall enough. Ari, taking the initiative, goes to Carl's position because she's taller and starts helping him out. I thought that was awesome. Anna is on the cargo net. She's having trouble, Michael. What happened? Yeah, so they're doing everything you're supposed to. Still two stairs left. They wheel Anna, but you've got to swing yourself to the stair. It doesn't drop you off over it. You're still yeah. like a couple feet from it, which is fucking criminal. I was surprised too, even <laughs> forgetting that it fell short the first time. So she she swings her body. She makes a really valiant effort to get to the stair. She lands a foot on the first stair, but her body weight drops her backwards. It's behind her, yeah. And she falls back into the lava. And suddenly from like, all is going perfectly to immediately like, oh shit, I'm not sure they're gonna be able to do this. Yeah. I did think that the close-ups on her as she was like about to fall losing her grip, fantastic. A lot of good face work, a lot of great acting, a lot of great honesty, was into it. Uh, she eats it. I do think there were great reactions from Carl and Ari coming off that. They scream, oh no. Yeah, they look pretty devastated. Um, I think they were pretty shocked. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Carl Carl put his hands, this was great. Carl put his hands on his face, Home Alone style, and I really liked it. Because <laughs> he's a child? Um, yeah, he's a little boy. He's like Boy Sheldon. Yeah. Is that what it's called? He's young next, Sheldon. Young Sheldon. Uh, yeah, and then Carl is next to jump on the net, and then... Ari's wheeling him over, but one of the stairs goes away. As One of the he's stairs on his goes way. away, right? Critical, and then, critical. And he's like, he's trying to course correct while he's on the net, so he's repositioning his hands. He cannot get his body facing the right he way. He starts twisting. He starts twisting to the point where the the point where you're supposed to be swinging. He's his back is to the exit, and it just it do, it doesn't look like it's going to fucking work. He got our hopes up so high with that crazy Easter Island statue jump. I thought he's got this and he did not have it. I was it. so hopeful watching this moment, like more than I have been for most contestants. Cause I'm like, God, this guy proved so much in this episode. He had great strategy. He was like great teamwork. He's earned this. Let's send it home. Come on, Carl, get your ass back there. And just like Anna, he, he loses his grip. He falls in. It's awful. And you're thinking, what the fuck? No, now Ari can't finish. How can we have an episode with zero points? It's truly like, what the, how did this fall apart for them? Right. And I, and I think that Ari, this whole time, she started in the red. Not, not seeming like, she did have great strategy once Carl was on the bug wall. Like she was like, verbally dissecting what the course was like. And then she started the ooh stuff. And I'm like, oh, her heart's not in it. Like she's pro she's probably checked out. But then she's like proved herself throughout the race. And I didn't realize this until her next move. I don't think there was any question for her of like, you know, well, I guess we lost. That's the end. I'm not capable of doing this by myself. 
but she doesn't even consider the cargo net. She just takes the action. She goes to the obelisk and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Where are you going? If you, I looked at the map early in the episode after watching this all the way through and what would the course she takes after this is not one of the courses that they have highlighted. Starts drawing outside of the lines, folks. She goes over to a crate that was near the staff and she's approaching what is a seven foot jump to the exit stair. Following the feelings I just had for Carl, like to make it because he earned this, they're doubled for Ari. I want her arc to be complete in because she was even further in the red. I want her to win. I had to pause it and take a walk around the block before finishing it. I was watching this barefoot. Not only were my palms sweaty on my hands, but the base of my feet. And I'm like, I am. This is the most fun that I've had watching Floors Lava is this moment right there. Did your downstairs neighbor call again and go, hey, the ceiling's leaking because of your sweaty feet. <laughs> the, my apartment floor started bowing as though it was it was full of water. Uh, what's that movie? Dark Water, Black Water, Jennifer Connelly, horror movie? <laughs> I'm Anyways, not sure. Uh, Probably not Black it's Water. On, <laughs> it's based on a, a true story about a woman, a young woman that uh, was like possessed for a second and then died in this water tank at the top of an L.A. hotel. I don't know if you remember this. They found her when the water got all fucked up. It got all dark Jesus fucking because Christ. this real woman died. I am at the edge of my seat watching Ari make yeah, her this way. Yeah, like, it's cross. literally like in uh, Fred Savage's The Wizard when they they find the secret Mario Brother level yeah. transporter so she's like, area. She's not even like 45 degrees from, you know, she started at 90 degrees uh, across Approaching from the, from the, the cargo the, net. Right. And she's not even at four. She's at like 30 degrees. Like there's yeah. no fucking way. The stairs are disappearing. It's a crazy angle. And then she fucking jumps and lands in the lava and we're all disappointed. No, she fucking makes it. She, she makes it. And it's so fucking great. She manages to land. This is critical. Her butt and her foot on the fucking one left, one stair that was left. She slides the right direction and she did it. She did it. She did it. She did it. Oh my God. It was honestly like the way she landed, it could have, it could not have gone in any other way. Like where her feet landed, where her weight was dispersed, like everything about that jump was the only way that it could be done. It was like a really good baseball slide into uh, not head first, into like second base. (laughs) I was very happy for her. Very happy for Ari. Um, And that's it. She took it. That was. The most entertaining episode coming down to the final second. That was incredible. I was so happy for her. Like, hell yeah. The finale that I didn't expect, the finale that I didn't know I wanted, loved it. Loved it. Now we cut to them with Rutledge Wood and receiving their award. They're very happy. Anna says she had a great time, even though she hated the lava. Wood says, well, the lava texted me and said it loved you. And I felt like he was maybe personally flirting with her. She then goes, yeah, blocked. Like she blocked the lava, but I felt like it was her blocking Rutledge Wood. Ooh, interesting. And then Wood goes, right, totally blocked. Fair enough. And I was like, oh, this is fucking awkward. (laughs) This is awkward. Carl. (laughs) So he's the third to leave the room. And he does this 
absolute, just the softest goodbye. And he goes, bye bye. It was. Oh my God. And we didn't, we didn't mention it. When he made the really impressive leap from the second statue to the third statue, he lands and he goes, I made it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was brilliant. Rutledge Wood commented on it. It was fucking great. Not to be a downer, I do think, again, calling back to my captions are wrong, reading his lips, I think he says, bye, guy, not bye-bye. <laughs> the captions say bye-bye with a B. I think he says bye-guy. Oh, you think you read his lips and they were the totally absurd by guy. <laughs> watch it. Watch it. Honest to God, watch it. Because I think that uh, this just proves that he doesn't know who the fuck Rutledge Wood was either. Uh, oh, my God. But he goes, by guy. It is a very different mouth movement. It's absolutely. Very different mouth movement. I, the mouth stays open after the first B. And that's what happened here. Anyways, big just props to this whole team. I really think especially Carl and Ari crushed it. Carl's a bit of a Luan for me. Like he can get away with a lot because he's great. Or even Guy. Can't remember these people. Even Guy from the study. Uh, Luan was planetarium. He also, being the ducky of this group, speaking of the cuck of the course recap, it's the cuck of the course recap. I expected... Carl to be the cuck, when in reality, Anna might going, have been the cuck. I'm going to take a break. Anna might have been the cuck this whole time. Let's take a break. Oh, wait, no. Also, also, I don't get, I know we're going long. Their favorite Rucker Hauer movie is Slow Burn, originally called Wilder. Because and I feel like that speaks to, I didn't even make this connection when I thought of this. Them as people are a slow burn. Them as people are a slow burn. You you think that there's one thing, and then it turns out after this whole adventure, it's something else entirely. Dude, Michael is gone. Transitional stinger. Hey, transitional intro, and we're back. Intro. I may sound differently. I've got a different microphone. It has been two and a half months since before the break. That break was a two and a half month break. Correct. From the last moment of the podcast. That's correct. Some shit came up and Andrew and I had to go. Yep. <laughs> and now we're back. Now we're back. Um, I honestly wouldn't have said anything except I have a different microphone. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Uh... You're, you're, you're answering the fans' questions before they're asked, and I think it's good that you're looking out for that. Yeah. You know what? Why don't we just get back into it and rank? Who is it? Uh, wait a second. We got to go watch the episode again. One second. We'll be back in a minute. <sighs> okay. All right. Refreshed. Uh, yeah. I can't believe we did that. I don't know why we snuck into that gym. <laughs> so, <laughs> they were not happy with us. <laughs> um, Should we go back and watch the episode? We forgot to watch the episode, Michael. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. All right. We're back. We just watched it. Ooh. It's fresh in our heads again, and we can rank the retail coworkers. Retail coworkers. They had a good run. Yeah. What are you giving the retail coworkers in acting? Mm, good question. Uh, you go first. 
<laughs> Not quite ready to start the podcast. I mean, I just want to see if your answer is my answer and if my <laughs> answer remembers any of their names. All right. I thought there were great reactions throughout from the girls. This has a little bit to do with having fun out there, but they were just in it and they were in it to win it. And I think it showed in their acting or like the acting wasn't even a factor because they were so authentically in it that, that they didn't need to act, which in, which is the best acting. I thought Carl's acting was poor. You said you liked his bug joke. I thought it was bad acting. (laughs) He was trying too hard. He's trying, he's, he's on a game show. He's having fun. I mark Carl down a little bit. Okay. Mark the girls up. Although I really liked Carl's understated. The greatest line of the episode might have been when he did the wild spider monkey jump and landed and just very understatedly said, I made it. We're jumping ahead. Of, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we've been so excited for two and a half months of break uh, to finally get back into it. I think, yes, that would be my best line for the episode is exactly that. Ah, fuck it. No, they were great. I'm giving, let me just get it out. I'm giving them a nine. Okay. Yeah. So I do agree. And, you know, we've already talked about the Ugro stuff. I think that was genuine. I think that was sincere. I think the importance of acting is that it reads as sincere, but not that it necessarily is sincere. So for that, I'm not sure if they were really challenged in the acting. That being said, I do think that they had good reactions to the death. Uh, The deaths. Carl's acting was bad. I enjoyed when he put his hands on his face, Home Alone style, but it was almost like he didn't know how to act or how to respond. So he just like did some dumb shit with his hands. And what the hell is he doing on a game show if he can't act? I'm knocking it down to an eight. I'm knocking it down to an eight. <laughs> That's funny because I think that they did great, and I'm going to give them a seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Right? You know who would, actually, speaking of acting, who would absolutely crush this uh, level of Flora's Lava is the indisputable... <laughs> Unfiltered, undiluted Cheyenne Perez. Uh, I don't need to introduce her, uh, as I didn't need to introduce Meryl Streep. But for those that uh, aren't familiar with media or entertainment, uh, she's a sketch comedian. Uh, She's on Tantrum, and she does a bunch of commercials and shows, and uh, she's great. I'm going to give her a 9 out of 12 Krakatoas. Nice. By the way... The tantrum is the sketch team that Andrew and I are on as well. This is a friend of ours that Andrew is. Yeah, we're just plugging our friend. So fuck it. Why not? We have the power. We're the podcasters. <laughs> Fair game. No, but she is great. She, that is, it is genuine. Yeah, yeah. To speak to our acting and sincerity <laughs> as far as our acting ability, uh, it is sincere that we like her a lot. Um, but we are about to rank the shit out of her. <laughs> yeah. What'd you give her? A five? A nine out of 12. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, at a 12. All right. You think she'll ever do this show? Uh, maybe. We don't We don't have guests because it's harder to edit. But um, Sure. Okay. What are you giving the retail coworkers in teamwork? They're getting very high scores for me in teamwork. I think that at the top, they were leaving Carl to do all the dirty work and lead the way and be the Pied Piper that's taking the rats to the, leading the rats to the sea or however mm-hmm. they die in that story 
And I think that uh, it wasn't until he was on top of the second Easter Island head and they couldn't make it. They're like, oh, shit, we need to do something on our own. That being said, moving forward throughout the course, the teamwork between Carl and Ari was fantastic. Anna stepped up when she needed to. I thought that Carl directing how to move the staff around to, you know, pass it to Anna. Ari stepped down. Anna passed it back to... There's a lot of communication. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of communication. And I think for that, uh, I'm going to give them a nine for teamwork, despite the uh, Pied Piper stuff early on. If you have a team of three members, all three members don't need to, you know have equal and similar responsibilities you can have a leader you know fuck communism long live authoritarianism and carl (laughs) is an authoritarian leader and their run showed how effective that form of governance is and for that reason interesting i give um, (laughs) i'm gonna give them because of that also a nine great what does Cheyenne? What does Cheyenne get for teamwork? She there was a teen drama that she did with Jamie Sigler from uh, The Sopranos and Dermot Mulroney from a bunch of stuff. Uh, she's like this aggressive bully, teenage is a girl, teenage girl while pregnant, yada yada. Um, but I think that Cheyenne, not you know, taking too much of a spotlight and allowing Jamie Sigler, Sigler and Dermot Mulroney to have their own place in the drama, I thought was was compassionate of her um, and good and good teamwork. Uh, so for that, I'm going to give her a 10 out of 15 Krakatoas. Oh, no. Why? Oh, no. 11. Okay. She gets 11 out of 15 Krakatoas for teamwork. For that smarts, the big knock on them for that smarts is blindly following Carl at the beginning. Mm, mm. It's on all of them. Yeah. That was a mark off. But then from that moment on, they were very ex- extremely smart. Yeah. Somehow avoiding the pyramid. So I guess I'm giving them a nine again. Just one point for that move, which I would have marked them off more if they didn't. For Ari to take the hidden path at the end, you know what? Mm, yes. That makes up. Yes. It kind yes. of bump it up to a straight up 10. That tracks for me. Uh, I think that, uh, again, you know, I want to consider points off for their earlier behavior. But Carl, throughout, he's uh, not only has the goal in mind to make it to the exit, but also he's checking the clock. He's moving carefully. He's deliberate. But he mentions to them that time is ticking. Between him, you know, balancing off the arc to get the obelisk down and Ari making it back to make that seven foot jump. I got to give him a 10 for that smarts. Wow. Double tens. I think uh, Cheyenne. I feel like she's got life smarts. Cheyenne is much younger than us too. Exactly. But also I think that with great power comes great responsibility. And I think part of being smart is the responsibility to share your wisdom. Cheyenne was a host on girl.com, which has, you know, 630,000 plus subscribers and she talks and teaches young girls about their bodies. It's very honest and fun and candid. And I think that's incredibly valuable. Is this girl, G-I-R-L dot com? It's girl with a U. Uh, and if you want an oh. easy way to remember it, 
So you're like throwing a barbecue, right? And you go to the grocery store to like pick up a bunch of stuff. You know, you get your meats, you get your uh, vegetarian options. Wait, this is the answer to how to spell the website? Yeah, it's the easy way to remember, Michael. So you go to the grocery store. um, There's a young woman behind you in the checkout counter. She looks familiar, but not like you know her. Could she be famous? Uh, Is she the girl from uh, The Great? Uh, Probably not because you're at Target getting groceries because it's the closest grocery-like store to where you live. It sounds like you're ranting, so I'm just going to go swim to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. She looks at you. And she asks, have you tried those Beyond Burgers? Asking what you think of them. And you're kind of caught off guard. You know, this beautiful woman is talking to you. And you say, no, actually, I'm just getting food for this barbecue I'm throwing. I'm not vegan. To which she says, doesn't mean you can't try them. You laugh and you're all, yeah, I mean, good point. Maybe I'll try one today. She goes, you've got to tell me what you think and smiles. Poseidon. A DVD copy of the 2006 action-adventure Poseidon, starring Josh Lucas. Who would throw that in the ocean? Okay, so at this point, you're like, is she flirting? Should I invite her? You work up the courage, and you do. You say, I could tell you later if you'd like to come over, immediately regretting how you phrase that, really without any reason to. Uh, She goes, oh, cool, okay, where's your party? So you tell her where the party is, you tell her when to show up, and she's noting this in her phone. But she has the screen tilted away from you, so you, being a little bit, you know, she's not interested, assumes that she's not actually writing it down. She says, great, putting her phone away. And you go, gee, cool, that's awesome. Uh, Should I save you a Beyond Burger? No thanks, she says, I only eat meat. You look at her cart, and yeah, no, of course, it's not all meat, Michael, come on. Cashier then hands you your receipt, You say, see you later, to which the young woman and the cashier both go, see ya. The Little Mermaid, a VHS copy. Look at the little penis on the cover. (laughs) And you get home, you prep the party. People come over, things are going well. You keep wondering if that Target customer will make it, but it gets to the point where you think she decided not to. And you're okay with that. You're kind of bummed, but at least you're able to party more than you would have had she been there. Uh, You know, we're a couple hours in, right? And, And you're having a good time and Maybe being a little too drunk, you have the confidence to approach this pretty girl across the yard. Hey, what's up? I'm Michael, you say. And she's like, hey, this is great. Thanks for inviting me. You take a second and you realize it's the young woman and you try to sober up. Gee, oh my gosh, this is, I'm so sorry, you say. And honestly, uh, I didn't recognize you at first. I've had a couple drinks. She laughs and says, totally all good. Your approach did seem especially more confident than earlier. You go, ha, had to talk to girls at parties, right? She says, ah, I see what you did there, and says clever. And you don't know what this means. She says, I was in that movie, had to talk to girls at parties. Wow, really? Your mind is blown. Oh man, that wasn't even intentional. I hope I wouldn't be so cheesy if I knew that. And she's like, eh, it was charming. Oh my God, I siren. Let's see if it still works. Oh. So you go, so you're an actress. Uh, Actor, uh, I know there's a movement to age under the word. Um, Do you have a preference? She goes, not really. I'm used to people using actress. You're like, that's very cool. What's the movie about? And she says, I play an alien. It's like a lot of punk stuff. Do you know who John Cameron Mitchell is? 
you all sound so familiar. She says he did Hedwig. You like light up, right? You say, oh, wow, cool. I've got an angry inch. And she says, that's the one laughing along. You know, you're feeling all confident having just sung and, and you say, do you want me to sing the rest? And she says, I'm indifferent to a certain point. You get it, you laugh, and there's another second where you take it in. Then you say, so you saw Hedwig then, all conversation-like, right? She says, I have, yeah. You go, movie or live? She says, movie first, then live. You go, so cool. Did you know what the angry inch was ahead of it? She says, I did actually. And you're a little bit disappointed. You say, that's too bad. Gee, that was a fun reveal watching it for the first time. And she goes, sure, ha ha. I bet it was. You take another second, just remembering how much you liked Hedrug and the Angry Inch. And then you say, so have you done other stuff? Anything I might recognize? Uh, yeah, actually, she's taken aback, you know, uh, that you don't recognize her, but also it's kind of refreshing. Have you seen the show The Great? I play Catherine in that. At this point, you are floored. Wait, you're not, are you Elle Fanning? She kind of chuckles and is like, I am, yeah. He goes, seriously? Gee, I can't believe I didn't recognize you. And wait, I think I actually did see that punk alien movie now that I'm putting this all together. She goes, well, that was me. <laughs> you both laugh and you know, you trail off. You say, yeah, you're great in that. She says, thanks. You stare into your drink for a second then look back up at her. You smile and say, G-U-R-L. Just like the name of the website, GURL.com. So, GURL.com. For having fun. <laughs> you get a zero. Because <laughs> I don't want to go along with some bad shit, crazy shit. <laughs> All right. For having fun. I thought they had a lot of fun. I thought they were so in it. Like, I thought they were so into the game. And for that reason, had a lot of fun. They didn't play it up. They didn't have fun fucking around or hamming it up for the cameras or making jokes. They had fun, like, playing the game. Sure. And you know what? I gave them a 10. It was a pure fun. I'm giving them a 10. I don't have these scores written down. They're just, you know, I just feel it in the moment. Okay. Like Eminem. Those are almost lyrics to an Eminem song. Oh, the one about the obsessed fan? I don't think so. Feeling it in the moment. I'm feeling it in the moment. That's it. That is it. <laughs> uh, Dido, I want to thank you. No, it wasn't that It wasn't that one. It was, uh, let the moment, let the moment, let the moment, let the moment. <laughs> Oh, that's hard to do. I'm Slim Shady as I'm... In the moment, yes, I'm in the moment. Other Slim Shady's can be in the moment, but I'm the real... In the moment. In the moment. Hi, the moment. In the moment. The moment. Wicked, wicked, the moment. All right, moving on. Are they having fun out there? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give him an eight, but I mean, uh, no, I'm going to give him a nine. I think improv could be a lot of fun. 
And for someone that did it for 13 years, uh, prior to being in a pilot with Andy Samberg, despite her role getting cut out in the end, I think that Cheyenne deserves an 11 Krakatoas for are they having fun out there? Because she would have a lot of fun on the race, on the course. I feel that at least an 11. You know what? No, you're right. 14. Cheyenne should score through the fucking roof for having fun. No, you're right. Uh, (laughs) 15. She gets a 15. She gets a perfect 15. She would have a perfect. shit. This is the first, I think, actor uh, that has a perfect 15 on Are They Having Fun Out There? Out of 15? Out of 15 Krakatoas, yeah. All right. Style. Uh, I like Cheyenne's style. I think it's, uh, she has this like 60s, 70s rocker vibe, um, meaning a rocker in their 60s and 70s well past their prime. Uh, (laughs) A rocking chair from the 1860s. (laughs) Yes. Uh, No, I like her style. I think it's great. I think. uh, Her style slaps. Her style does slap. Team style. No complaints. Going to give him a seven. What'd you give her? Oh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, slap's not a number. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give her a 13 out of 14 Krakatoas for style. 13 out of 14, 92.8%. That's pretty good. That's, ooh, that's just short of an A. Better than a nine out of 10. Mm. And you gave the coworkers a seven. They were all in solid red. And, um, that worked. It worked. Yeah. I'm giving him a seven as well for height. What do these coworkers get in height? I, I think uh, women like to be called firecrackers. <laughs> so I'm going to say that Cheyenne uh, being the firecracker that she is in personality, pinging off the walls, uh, I think that she heights well. And I think she would height well in this. I'm going to give her a 12 out of 15 Krakatoas for height. And I'm going to give the retail coworkers, you know what, Ari, I, I feel like she was the tallest. I think she heighted real well, making that impossible leap. And I think Carl, being the tiniest, uh, still heighted real well, knocking the obelisk down from the arc. Very, yeah, without going to the pyramid. I agree with you. Nine. I'm going to go with you. You're nine as well. I almost went 10 but I'll keep it at a nine. You're 10 happy tonight. I think you're on the track of higher scores makes this go faster. <laughs> no, why? No, I had a thought. I Why I didn't give them a 10 is they couldn't do shit at the cargo net and on the stairs. Sure. And so they can't get a 10. Fair. They couldn't height that gap. Mm, I agree with that. Eyes. I liked Ari's eyes. I think she, she pulled... More weight than she needed to. I think she had some eyeshadow going on that um, was great. I thought that Anna's eyes were very expressive when she was ooing at stuff. Um, I also think that Carl leaning into this like doe-eyed, you know, little engine that could um, had great eyes like Thomas the Tank. I'm going to give them an eight for eyes. This is a hot group of people. They have great eyes. Ari's eyes are wild. They're actually like uh, turquoise or something. And they look kind of insane with her like dark eye makeup. 
I'll meet you at an eight. Cheyenne? You know what? Psycho eyes. Psycho eyes. Uh, <laughs> you know, soft. Some, if she wants to. Cheyenne plays a lot of like crazy characters, and she's great at it. Yes, but I also think she's very capable of like deep talks and having mm. crazy character eyes during deep talks wouldn't work. Uh, the deep talks do work. So I think that she, she eyes, she eyes as well. The eyes have it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Cheyennes have eyes. I'm going to give her a 12 for eyes. I also think just like in how they, cause her brand is all of that, right? Like, Cheyenne casual, like the influencer stuff. She wants to be the best in every capacity and therefore is in her own words. You know, she's the skinniest, richest, most imaginative. She is perfect and (laughs) has to showcase it. She also has a juicy ass all in her bio. Um, And I think that (laughs) her eyes lend to that brand. Je ne sais quoi. Why don't you just piggyback on what you were just saying and hit hit her uh, hit her with the je ne sais quoi? I mean, because it kind of seems to apply. Sure, for as much as she lays it out for us, I'm going to give her like a four on je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> There's no unknowns. <laughs> She's great, but I like that. I like that. I I do know what. And it's a good thing. Look, here's the thing with Cheyenne. You never know what she'll do but you know what she is and i think that's really that's an important character trait and i think that um it hurts her je ne sais quoi score but it's still fucking admirable for hi je ne sais quoi for the retail co-workers okay mainly just because of the weird threesome relationship they have going sure they seem like they've figured out something about life they they figured out some sort of life hack so i want i want to know more from them i want stock tips from them and for that i give them a nine in je ne sais quoi sure i might have to go with a 10 on this because damn because i think the je ne sais quoi grew as the course went on and they had these whole arcs of like you know personal development and i think at the end of the day Ari making that move. So I'm going to give them a 10 for Je ne sais quoi. Best name. What are we giving this team in best name? Keep in mind, best doesn't make sense in this context. Just reminding people would make sense in the next segment. That is individual awards. Right. But Mia name. So Ari, Anna, and Carl. And it looked like Ari's name is pronounced when I Google it. Arian. Interesting. Her full name, which they never say during the episode, but they spell it out. I think I would dock points for alliteration or assonance, would it be, uh, for the two A's. But I do think the three names, you know, pretty broad coverage of the spectrum of what they could do with it. So I'm going to give them a seven for Mia name. I like that you can say Ari, Carl, Anna. A-K-A, A-K-A. Oh, I like that. And for that reason, <laughs> should, Yeah. 
AKA, AKA, the AKA would have been a way better name for them than retail coworkers. It would have been the other extreme of, I don't know, provocative. But if Rutger Hauer would have made that joke of AKA, AKA, that's great. <laughs> Hire me, Rutledge. <laughs> you know what? I'm enjoying him just more and more I as agree. the season Same. goes on. I don't know what it is. I think Cheyenne Perez, I like it. I also feel like it works especially for her brand and i don't know solid yeah which came first you know (laughs) did her personality develop around her name or you know did she was she that wild you know prior prior to birth (laughs) yeah i'm gonna give her 10 for name out of 12 crack does all right i'd go higher yeah, what would you give her? A hundred percent, at least. I'll go ten out of eleven crack toes then. Hello. Okay. Hello. Okay. Having listened to my hello just then, was that Lionel Richie or Adele? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was Adele. That was right. Cool. Now do Richie. Hello. I I mean I do sense a difference. Yeah, I might have thought that was Adele also, just because that's what's. So much more fresh in my mind. Okay, so one more time. Hello and hello. I think Adele was second. Correct. (laughs) Uh, That was that was tough. I feel like you went a little. You go a little heavy. It's a little lighter. The Richie. Hey, why don't you do one just for the audience? Then again, you want me to do one more for the audience? Yeah. Okay. So the okay. So one is. Hello. And two is hello. Call into the hotline. Let us know which one you think is which. You can dial our hotline at 909-667-1298. Thank you. Okay, let's give out the individual awards and then see who takes this thing down. Who knows? Who's going to do it? Let's jump right into it. Let's power through. Let's do it. Who are you giving person you most want to have a beer with? person you'd most like to have a drink with i think christian Ooh, all right so what's what's your main reason i think he was having a lot of fun i felt like his reactions to the deaths were strong yeah i just felt like he was having a blast yeah he was this might be unexpected but i'm going to go with anna interesting i feel like we would just have fun and get wasted and like talk a lot of shit and just like gab and she seemed like she'd be fun best death best death it's a good question okay i'm giving it to jordan i was thinking the same who had the very 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 careless death comes out of nowhere kind of turns the whole episode on its head like early and you're caught off guard. Makes a huge leap to the Easter Island statue, then just fucking biffs it and just steps just steps in the lava. Yeah. And it was it was very it was very funny. I agree with that. I was gonna lean towards Jordan, and I think that your justification of it turning the episode, turning the course of the course, I agree with that hundred percent. So he also has my vote. Okay. Best reaction to a death. I'm leaning to 
Carl when he put his hands on his face in the like yeah. Home Alone s. Yeah, at Anna's death, same. It's just the one that really sticks out to me. I agree, hundred percent. Best line. This is probably the hardest one for me. I thought there were a lot of great lines this episode. For me, it's I made it. Carl making it to the third Easter Island head. God. Because it was just so soft and uh, he made this this jump and it was such a clean landing, but he delivered that line with the cadence of an older kid telling his family that he finished his vegetables. (laughs) I got to go out of nowhere with when the sarcophagus fell and Anna goes, Ew, look at that little dude. I can I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, I liked Carl's line at the moment when he apologized to the alien. Uh, I thought that was nice, but I get it. Okay, worst line. I think I know jo- Jordan going, hey, yo, make sure I like don't fall off or something all right was very funny right at the top. Uh, do the thing, do the thing with the staff. Do you think that's going to be mine? Because I hate when they break the fourth wall. I thought yours was going to be... That's got more than the... two legs, the bugs on the wall. It, Carl. Yeah. Yeah, because I talked yeah. so much shit about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick to my guns and go with, oh my God, that's got more than two legs. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think for me, it's Nick's do the okay. thing, do the thing. It's just not enough. You got It's not enough strategy. It's not enough... It's not enough acting. It's just not enough. It's not enough smarts. It's not enough fun. Hiding like shit. It's only good for eyes, really. It's... Killing eyes. <laughs> killing eyes. <laughs> it's killing. It's killing. Wicka wicka, it's killing. Je ne sais quoi. For an individual, Nick or Carl. You know what? Ooh, Ari for the win, maybe. I was thinking Ari as well. For Nick, I think that he didn't give me enough to want more. Does that make sense? He didn't give us anything. It's almost just that he's this giant youth pastor that you're like, right. oh, what's up with this guy? <laughs> but you know what? I got to give it to Ari because of her coming through so hard at the end. Yeah, same. She literally came through with the je ne sais quoi. She had the ma- just the magic X factor that led her to the secret path that won her team the game. I agree. God damn. Okay, that's it. That's it. So let's tally this up and see who won. Transitional outro. We'll be right back. Hey, idiots. Uh, today we have a little treat for you. It's a spin and a callback, as we like to say here on the show. The girl from Ipanema's tall and tan, also young and lovely. When she passes, each one she passes goes out. She walks like a samba hat, swings so cool and sways so gently. Do you see what I'm doing here? When she passes, each person goes ah, each one goes ah. Can I get a beat? Dear Rutledge, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I left my cell, my pager, and my home phone in the lava. I sent two letters okay, back okay, and on them. Stop, say- stop, I'm back. I tallied it up. Oh. I'm, not even gonna co- I'm not even commenting on what you're doing. Fine. <laughs> so, the winner between the Retail Bros 
Nope, the retail co-workers and the, I don't even know the bro's name, I just wrote down bros. Battlin' bros. The Battlin' bros. The winner, drumroll please. Ring. With 186 Ring. points, the winner is the retail co-workers, of course. They were great. They were great. They, I'm glad they, they won. They won the game, they won our hearts, they won our podcast. You know what? The takeaway here, I think, is that character arcs work. Character <laughs> arcs work. Yeah, uh, that was a less words than I thought you were about to say. I leaned back in my chair. <laughs> I, Michael, why is it that you're always prepared for me to ramble? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. Um, oh, by the way, just for those, you know, sticklers out there, the Batlin Bros got 128 points to oh, 186. Oh, big, big gap. Big gap. We went high on the retail coworkers. You kept giving them nines and tens, bro. Ah, so did I. You know what? And I'm looking at a lot of fours up uh, in the battle and bros. So that's sure. it, right? Are we done? God. Uh, not quite, Michael. We've got one more adventure to do ourselves. Uh, we've talked a lot of smack on these two teams. And, you know, let's see if we're capable of doing what they did or didn't in terms of the battle and bros, I think it's time for us to put up or, you know why I love the gospel so much is that we get to hear stories from, you know, the past. It's like, please be quiet, please. Okay. All right. Let's see if we can take (laughs) on a Flora's lava course. If you can't tell what the fuck just happened. Yeah. All right. What is our location? Andrew. Oh, Michael, your guess is as good as mine. Let's see. And it is. Oh, interesting. It's Cheyenne Perez's house. Our, uh, <laughs> our actor from uh, that we ranked against the retail coworkers. So uh, you're, you're doubling down on this meta shit for this episode. Uh, are you tripling down by calling it out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll always call it out, baby. <laughs> Baby. Okay. Uh, all right, Michael, I think it's time to play Floor, Floor is Lava. All right, great. So we're here. We're outside the door. I mean, should we ring the doorbell? It's probably not even awake yet. <laughs> yes, let's ring Let's the do doorbell. it just for fun, just to see what it sounds like. Okay. I even her doorbell is crazy. Okay, this is great. Uh, I want that doorbell. I don't know if my apartment people will let me have it. All right, let's go inside and... Oh, oh my... Cheyenne. Michael? Um, Andrew? Hello, Cheyenne. (laughs) It's it's 3.44. I just got out of bed. Oh my God, Andrew, this is going to be the hardest course yet. Listen, Cheyenne, I'm sorry. We didn't think that we would be an inconvenience to you, but we're actually here to play Flora's Lava. Uh, we have to cross to your back door of your home uh, yeah. so that we can prove this is us putting up or shutting up uh, at the end of our eight episode. Is it cool if we just can we just cross real fast, like avoiding the floor? Yeah, let's. Ju- that sounds like a normal Thursday to me. Let's do thank it, you, you guys. Thank you so much. Michael, this is what I'm thinking here. I see an ironing board and it's like folded up like a Murphy ironing board 
So if we can use something to knock it down, maybe it'll it'll give us a little bit more leverage, like the mummy in the in the basement, right? What do you think? Oh yeah, here I see some rotten old stale pizza on the ground. Oh. Oh yeah. Are you throwing it out? Did you? Are you just like about to throw it out? Or I actually ordered it two weeks ago. Oh my god! You know when the cheese is really like hard. Yeah. That's how I. That's how I enjoy it personally. Oh, this wasn't trash. This wasn't trash. No, Michael, it's not trash. Are you trash? <laughs> okay, he's okay. not trash. No. Okay, Michael is not trash. I'm gonna try to use it to wedge open and flip the the iron table down. Okay, right, let's do, do it. it. You got it, Michael. You got it. Oh, oh nice. I got it. Hell yeah. Oh, interesting. It revealed an, an effigy of Robert Altman, the director of Gosford Park, um, made of human skin. Jesus Christ. Why do you have a human skin effigy of Robert Altman, Cheyenne? Is that like a, is that like an, is that fake or like, a, is that like an art piece for wow. your Guys, um, as you know, I'm a huge Robert Altman fan. Definitely know who he is because he's my dad. We're in quarantine. I can't see my parents. Cross the ironing board. You know that terrible feeling when you can't pinpoint a bad smell? Yeah. Like you can't find the source of yeah. it? Yeah. In this house, it's like, okay, this is the bad smell. This is also the bad smell. This is also the bad smell. <laughs> Are you okay. talking about the multiple litter boxes? It's not a, it's not a I'm big I'm talking deal. about the litter boxes. I'm talking about the, the pizza, the skin. Yeah. Look, let's, let's take a look at Eastern philosophy. It's us that puts the judgments on everything. So mm-hmm. uh, to me... To me, this is an okay smell. This is the smell of the life process uh, going and then dying. Uh, mm-hmm. For you guys, you're just coming in. Uh, Michael, you smell like Abercrombie all the time. I think that smells like trash. Um, but I never say that there's multiple smells going on with you that I'd like okay, to I mean, blow up. That's so, a fair point. That's a fair point. A fair all right. Point. So look, okay. So I'm at the end of the ironing board. I can see, oh, there's like a knitting basket. Shane, I didn't know that you yeah. knit. That's crazy. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, I do. Oh, wait. Hang on. It appears that the yarn oh. is actually old umbilical old cords. Old umbilical cords. I was going to finish that sentence for you. Yep, old umbilical cords. What the fuck? It's, <laughs> I love it's that. It's fucking horrifying. It's it's really not. Um, if I can if I can just say those umbilical cords, great accessories, you guys. As a woman, people love their statement necklaces and. You know, I'm wearing a mask now all the time. People like to look at me and say, what is that? Are you making umbilical cord masks, Cheyenne? Uh, yeah, they hold my masks up and they work well as necklaces. I'm sorry. Do, does that not work for you guys? Or you want to keep judging my house as you jump over shit? I think they are going to work for us because, Andrew, I think we use those umbilical cords to probably swing it around the chandelier. Oh, that's a great and idea. And use it, use it to propel ourselves to the uh, Yes, to my the chandelier. Door. And get the fuck get get the fuck out of this oh, hard show. Side note, Jan, dope ass chandelier. <laughs> dope yes, ass chandelier. thank you, thank you so much. I bought it on Melrose. It is a really nice chandelier. I see that it's not actual flames. Uh, it's a it's it's little bulbs, but inside those bulbs are screaming geckos. Is there a reason for that? Or yeah, have you heard of Geico Insurance, idiots? Of course, yeah. Because guess what? They're my insurance company. And sometimes when you like what companies do for you, you fucking put their stuff around your house. All right, let me let me uh let me test out these umbilical cords real fast and see how springy they are. They are they're springy. They're very springy. Be careful. Yeah, I mean 
Okay, great. We have time together, Michael. Uh, should we use something, uh, tie something on the end of it? Maybe one of these jugs of vomit? You know what, I think these, this period blood would be maybe a better viscosity for, for what we're aiming Probably for. Probably so. Okay. I only have eight jugs of it, so please just be careful. By the way, Cheyenne, you're gross. You're super gross. <laughs> you have a dope ass chandelier and you're super gross. <laughs> I personally, I love myself. I think everybody should love themselves. If something's leaving my body, like period blood, like vomit, why aren't I gonna keep it mm -hmm. and remember that that was once a part of me? I just think that we're going through a movement of self-love and Michael, you're being a real self-hate right now. And I really hate that. There was something about Eastern philosophy that talked about detachment from possessions and things. I don't know if you got that part of it. Right. I want to make another me one day. And I just think with all my like excrements and stuff, I maybe could like take it mm. to a cool little witch. Have you heard of the House of Intuition and Sunset? I was thinking maybe I could like, it's like a cool little hipster witch store. I'm thinking if I just bring the vomit, bring the period blood. Is this a thing? Yes, it is a thing. Michael, can you shut up with your Abercrombie perfume? I think it smells good. Ugh, yeah, we get it, Michael. You like smelling like Joe Pesci if he was 17. We understand. <laughs> God. I'm not laughing at you, Michael. I'm just laughing at, I am. you know. Can you guys get through my fucking house, please? Let's... I know we're still on the fucking ironing board. Can we? Can, should we get to the chandelier? Let's get to the chandelier, Michael. Okay, I'm gonna tie it together. Let's swing the foot. Let's swing out of here, bro. I'm gonna tire, tire this jug of period blood, and here we go. No, it broke! It broke! It broke! We both fell off. Oh we're all, no! Both fell into the lava. Fell into the lava. Oh, no. We're gonna just be another source of a bad smell mm. in Cheyenne's gro gross ass Or a house. good smell if you change your judgment, Michael, so. Oh my God, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying in the lava. Cheyenne, do you have anything to plug before um, I die? Yeah, you can follow <laughs> at Cheyenne Casual I'm on Instagram and you can check me out on Sex Lives of College Girls, which is gonna be an HBO Max show where I play a bitch who works for a comedy magazine. Um, I do have to go to sleep now. It is coming up on my bedtime, so. I hope you guys do enjoy living here and dying, and you guys are really sweet, not rolling my eyes at all. Thank you, Cheyenne! Bye! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's harder than it looks. It's harder than it looks. Um, also, like, you know, you never know what to expect from these courses, and sometimes you never know what to expect from your friends. That was, there was some... Sick shit in there. I don't know if I could be on a sketch team with her anymore if comedy ever returns. Can I ask, do you think it's too late to raise the je ne sais quoi for her? I feel bad about the, the rating. I gave her. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions. Yeah. Uh, well, this is another uh, fun podcast we did in record time. <laughs> three and eight, three months. I swear it's probably been five months since the last episode. Maybe, yeah. But um. If anybody's listening, thank you guys for holding on. Hell yeah. The true audiots out there. And um, I don't know. Do I have anything to plug? I don't have anything to plug right now. Uh, I would like to plug something, Michael. A new true crime series streaming on Netflix. Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. It explores the water tower murder I brought up earlier in the episode. I had said with absolute confidence that the 2005 film Darkwater was based on the 2013 murder of Elisa Lam. Could I have been wrong? Or was there something more sinister at play? Ooh. Bye. All right, guys. Thank you.